you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. Now Joe Burrow is right, and we've had NFL games on a Sunday in December. Boy, did his team come up with a big one yesterday. We'll get into some NFL, college football. Longhorns know where they're going to go bowling. And yes, the TCU Horn Frogs did find their way in. It's Chad and Zay on this Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined as always by Isaiah Collier. Zay, how are you? I'm all right, Chad. Happy Monday, everybody. The Brett Favre is my dudes. We are limping into the playoffs mm. like... Like how Max Duggan looked at the end of the Big 12 championship game, how he's going into the college football playoffs. That's how we're going into the fantasy football playoffs because I lost another game this week. Luckily, though, the two guys I needed to lose in order to not surpass me for number one are going to lose too. So I'm going to get that first week by next week. Well needed. And yeah. Can't complain too much what about that. Two losses in a row? Three losses three in a row? Three losses in a row. It's three in a row. It's three in a row. Who's helping you put this team together? Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury? What is going on? Yeah, it hasn't been good as of late. I don't know what's going on. Had a lot of injuries. and Yeah, I've had a lot of luck this year. Let's be honest. A lot of luck? A lot, a lot of luck. A lot of games that I've played, a lot of teams I've played against, they haven't had their best games. And I haven't really boat raced anybody. I've just gotten some good quality wins at the right time. Okay. I played the right teams at the right times. Right teams, right times. I shouldn't make fun of Cliff Kingsbury's team because they didn't lose yesterday. They didn't play, but they didn't lose. They were on the bye, and they were licking wounds. I'm trying to catch up on hard knocks in season. Colt McCoy has become the narrator of that show. Have you noticed? Oh, he's terrific. A lot of Colt McCoy in that show. Yeah. 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 I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Colt, he, he's just a class act. He's a true professional. That's why he's been in the National Football League as long as he has. I mean, 2009, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. The last time he played in a Texas uniform and the fact that he's still playing and still contributing all these years and from getting drafted to the Browns, you would think his career could have went completely off the deep end because the Browns and their track record with quarterbacks, it ain't the best, but Colt, become one of the best jobs in life, and that's backup quarterback in the NFL, and he's done that perfectly. All right, so uh, a lot of uh, – yeah, he's, he's, he's been great. The Cardinals have not. No. Uh, we'll see what they look like coming out of their bye week. Lots of NFL to get into. And uh, also, speaking of uh, the way things look and some uniforms, a little bit of uniform talk in the crap bag today because somebody wanted to know what I thought of the Cowboys' stripe uh, and a Uh-oh. couple – Couple other things we will uh, we'll get into at twelve forty five, including what Nick Saban attempted over the weekend. Most won't give him credit. I'll give him a little bit of credit for it later on. But right now, let's go spec set piece because we know exactly where the Longhorns are set to play a bowl game. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it's time to kick off the Austin FC match, say big at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. All right, uh, as we get this started, I will remind you as an Aggie that when you start to complain about the bowl you are in, just be glad you're in one. Because my Aggies aren't in one at all. I've looked at that list uh, 10 times since they put it out over the weekend. They're not there, Zay. Aggies didn't make a bowl game. <laughs> didn't get there. 
did not make that six-win plateau, but certainly the Longhorns did that and a little more. They, at 8-4, and four, are going to take on the 10-2 and two Washington Huskies, one of those surprise teams we've talked about in the Pac-12. Alamo Bowl is Thursday, December 29th. That is an 8 o'clock kick for that one. And uh, so if you're ready to head down to San Antonio, do a little river walking uh, between Christmas and New Year's, it is Texas and Washington. Last time those two got together, that had to be the major Applewhite experience in the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. Started as something Texas fans didn't necessarily want because it was a little disappointment going into it, but Major ended up going out with a bang uh, with a nice comeback victory. Yeah, that was an interesting year. A lot of people wanted Major in the lineup for Chris Sims beforehand, but, you know, fast forward to now and we got this matchup again. And, yeah, you know, I think the one of the biggest question marks of these bowl games that aren't New Year's Six Bowls, who's going to play and who's not? Mm-hmm. And how much are we going to put into that for the future? Because it's so hard to tell. Like, you remember Casey Thompson lit up the Alamo Bowl a few years ago, and we're out here thinking Casey Thompson is the next best thing. Well, look how that works. So it's so hard to look at these bowl games and really judge what you're going to be. I would rather see those young bucks that are going to be there for next year, 2023, in the game more than somebody like Roshan Johnson that has NFL aspirations or DeMarvion Overshown. I, I, I would not want those guys to take an injury, God forbid. I definitely don't want B. John Robinson in this game. That's why I ain't even mentioned him because that shouldn't even be a question. If I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I'm saying, Bijan, thank you for everything you've given the University of Texas these last three years. Go focus on the combine. We're going to play Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue and Keelan Robinson and just give you a little snippet of what 2023 might be. So I'm completely good with that. This Washington team, they were really good down the stretch. They lost a couple uh, uh, close games early on against Arizona State and UCLA, and then they end up winning out and only losing two games this year. So their quarterback He's coming back. They thought that he was going to have uh, NFL aspirations. He said no to that, and he'll still be in that part of the Pacific Northwest. So they should come down to Texas with a lot of confidence in San Antonio. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely good with none of the big-time guys playing. But Steve Sarkeesian didn't make a good point in one of his pressers recently that there are certain guys who are seniors that definitely need to put more – for their resume on the table and maybe another game under their belt might help do so, even if they're not playing in the Senior Bowl or something like that. So they're maybe Tucker Dorsey, I hope he plays. He's the type of guy that should be playing in the game and a lot others too. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at in this Alamo Bowl game on December 29th. So their quarterback is Michael Penix Jr. And I'm trying to remember, I can see him in red. He transferred from Louisiana. Indiana. 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 Okay. All right. I, I saw him in red. I couldn't. Because I think their coach came from Indiana. Uh, okay. Okay. That's what it is. All right. So uh, it is Penix and the Washington Huskies. You mentioned the losses uh, at UCLA by eight, at Arizona State by seven, 
Aaron. Yeah, and that was back-to-back weeks. They won at Oregon. Tough. I'd forgotten that. It's tough. When I looked at the schedule. They and also they beat a really good Oregon State team. Beat Oregon State, who right, who ended up uh, being pretty darn good by the end. Not that they were awesome, but they also beat Michigan State uh, in a home game this year. That was their one non-conference game that was pretty good. So Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Let us know what you think. So, Zay, you think we're going to see no Bijan, no Roshan in this bowl game? I hope not. You're hoping I, not. To- I pray not. Okay. I, why we don't need those guys? I mean, I, if you're a true Texas fan, you want to see those guys do well in the NFL. You don't want to see anything happen. I mean, this is too grueling of a game to risk anything like that in a game that's really meaningless. Man. I mean, I I want to say this is a big time game and it means a lot and stuff. And yeah, it's fun for all these guys to play those little games like play horse in the hotel ballroom or something on the little bootleg. Uh, uh, Fisher Price type hoop against the other team and all those dodgeball stuff. Yeah, that's fun. That's cool and stuff. But for the Alamo Bowl, no, absolutely not. This isn't a New Year's Six Bowl. And even if it was, if you're not playing for the top four games for the college football playoff to maybe put yourself in the national championship, you're going to see a lot of those Alabama guys sit out or transfer. You're going to see a lot of those uh, uh, – um. Clemson guys probably not playing on the defensive end in their big time bowl game, and they shouldn't. <laughs> like it's just in the in a way it's, it is big in a way, but for certain guys it's not. Well, I think as much as I don't, you know, as much as I don't like when guys sit out of bowl games, I think the practice of that is what's created probably the expanded playoff because some of these bowl games have realized. If that's going to happen in our bowl games, and I don't mean those bowl games that happen on December 20th, I mean New Year's Six bowl games, then that's where they realize, well, we got to switch this up. Because when we get to the expanded playoff, four of those New Year's Six will be the quarterfinals, the other two will be the semifinals. So you're going to be guaranteed that all six will be a big deal. So one of the things we need to do today and continue to do until New Year's Eve is prep those K-State fans for what they have an opportunity to do. You have an opportunity to beat an SEC power in an excuse bowl. It's something they've now patented in the SEC, but it sets up perfectly. New Year's Eve morning, 11 a.m. kick, K-State, Will Howard, you got your chance. Years ago, Utah pulled it off, beat Alabama, excuses flowed like crazy. The Georgia-Texas game is one that we could also bring up for those excuses. To me, it's pathetic. Any SEC team that comes out of the Sugar Bowl with an excuse for why they lost, it's pathetic. You need to eat it like Kirby Smart tried to do. His fans wouldn't do it. The media wouldn't let him do it, but Kirby did. Kirby ate that game. Kirby said there are no excuses here. Texas was better. They busted us up tonight. Yeah. For sure. That's what you need to do. Bama will have their excuses, especially when Nick Saban, you know, for the last week or so has probably been trying to convince people they should have been in the playoff. So that is ripe for an SEC excuse game if Kansas State can pull it off. Kansas State-Alabama is the Sugar Bowl. The other game that Zay kind of referenced there was the Orange Bowl, which feels like me as an 8-year-old put that one together. Chad, it's called the Orange Bowl. Who should play in it? Tennessee and Clemson. Very good. <laughs> All orange. Everybody's just wearing orange. Uh, so, yeah, Tennessee and Clemson, uh, the injury at quarterback for Tennessee. But then, on the other side of it, ho, 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 ho. hello, Mr. Klubnik. Ho, 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 ho. Not only, Zay, did we see Klubnik come in again for DJU to save the day, 
It worked for Clemson. They win the conference title. They ended up busting North Carolina up by the end of that yeah, game. Yeah, that was a bad look, Mac. And then Klubnik gets named the starter for the Orange Bowl. Congrats to the Westlake product. Yeah, Cade was good. He was also running the football a little bit. Seven carries for 30 yards, and he had a touchdown on the ground. But, yeah, he, he just has championship DNA, three-time state championship, uh, cha- state champion. And I've been saying it all year long. DJU is in a horrible situation because everybody in Clemson, South Carolina, was waiting for that kid from Austin, Texas, when was Dabo going to officially make the move? Because everybody's seen enough of DJU. And it don't matter if he was also a big-time recruit, number two uh, in the nation, 2020 coming in. He's just not that type of quarterback that's fit Dabo's system to where they've had success like a Trevor Lawrence or a Deshaun Watson, now Kay Klumnik, that's more of a throw quarterback instead of a run quarterback like DJU is. So he just couldn't get it together. And, and again, just having that on your shoulder, having to look over your shoulder all the time, yeah, that was, that was very toxic, and I knew this was going to happen. It just took the last, almost the last game of the season for it to happen. He will never tell anybody the answer, but I'd love to talk to Dabo about – how he saw this differently than he saw the Trevor Lawrence thing. Because to me, the teams were different because the team the, you know, the, the team ended up being a national championship level back then. I get it. But he watched one quarterback who was a little bit more of a dual threat build a bit of a resume. But DJU's resume was like a couple of flecks of sand on a beach compared to what Kelly Bryant had done for him. Kelly Bryant was like 20-something and two. Yeah. They went to College Station early that year, beat a pretty good A&M team. Kelly Bryant gave the double thumbs down on a touchdown. Crowd went crazy. His teammates went crazy. The traveling crowd. And there was so much energy around that team. He still changed quarterbacks. And they still went to win it all. I would love to know how he sees this differently. Because to me, the team responded to Klubnik. Klubnik showed you To me, he didn't show you anything that would say, oh, no, this will totally fall apart if you play Klubnik. Even in that game, who were they playing? Was it Syracuse where he came in? When they first pulled him? When they first put him in? Syracuse. That Syracuse game when Cade Klubnik did that little rollout left on the two-point conversion and threw a laser beam to the back of the end zone. If I'm Dabo, that might have been where I checked the box, where I said, okay, wait a minute. They all follow him. And he's going to do, okay, he did that, and he didn't do that, and he just <laughs> did that. Okay, we may need to consider this. We may need to really look at it. But I guess he was ultimately trying to, you know, he was trying to save some things. I get it. They are 11-2. and two. They only lost two games all year, but what could have been? Uh, so congratulations to Klubnik for that. Those games are set. And then, of course, Zay, we have the semifinals set. Are you in agreement with the committee and what they did one through four, Ohio State got the four seed, TCU stayed at three. Yeah, 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 that's about right with how USC got blown out on Friday God, against we, Utah. That was absolutely brutal. We should have seen it, man. We should have seen, seen it, it, right? I don't know uh, why, uh, but still, uh, they were USC was – up seventeen to three at one point. No, they were. In, you're right. They were in control, and then so Utah. So like Utah just putting on mm. them. It seemed like when Cam Rising got lit up, they said, "Okay, let's go take this up another notch." And Utah 
took it up another level, and they just basically beat those guys by 20. So that was a shocker. Uh, Kansas State-TCU game, that was an absolute classic. Max Duggan, gosh, man, I, you know, giving them the ball at the end of the game, I thought they should have done it. But also, did you see the guy? He was about to pass out. He looked like oh boy from Friday Night Lights, the movie. I was playing quarterback when they were playing against Dallas Carter, and they were kicking the helmet at his head. He was bleeding and stuff. That's exactly it reminded me of our boy uh, from Tokyo Drift and just he, how much did he have left? And I felt like that went into Sonny Dykes' mindset on the play call and trying to give it to Kendra Miller instead of letting Max Duggan take it in that quarterback sneak. But, you know, I'm like J.J. Why He went out and tweeted and said, hey, quarterback sneak at that part of the uh, field at this point in the game is the hardest play for us defensive linemen to stop. Not a guy coming from five yards back and Kendra Miller getting the ball. Clearly, uh, uh, Chris Kleiman's crew was ready for that. Yep. That was the ball game there. So I thought TCU was in whether they lost or not. They definitely lost, you know, beautifully by losing in the overtime against a really good Kansas State team, which Will Howard, he looked terrific. Deuce Vaughn, he looked terrific. But, yeah, Ohio State sitting at number four. I'd rather have them in more than Alabama and Tennessee. So I guess I'm good, but... This is why it has to go to 12. Having a team that didn't even play in the uh, championship weekend like Ohio State did make it, that leaves a sour taste in your mouth a little bit, and I'm glad it's going to 12 because stuff like this, it's kind of weak. With how whack the Big Ten was this year, the Big Ten was so bad. Penn State was the only other good team besides Michigan. The Purdue game, even though Purdue fought hard, we all knew Michigan was going to win that game. So... It doesn't feel the best having Ohio State there, but at least they get to play the best team in the nation in Georgia, and I think Georgia's going to give it to them. Yeah, I didn't think, as much as the Michigan-Ohio State thing was an interesting idea, I don't think you needed to punish TCU to do it. Because that was a close, hard-fought uh, bar fight of a loss. Man, if you love tough football players and you're not noticing Max Duggan, oh, I don't know what man. to tell you. That kid. that I tell you, The play that impressed me maybe the most is when he gets in the end zone for that touchdown, drags himself back to the line of scrimmage, and the way he his body language as he took that snap to throw the two-point conversion. That's like that's all he had left. He was like a wet noodle, man. I thought he was about to pass out, yeah. but he still got the ball out there. He threw it accurately. And, uh, I mean, just talk about giving everything. And if you saw the look on his face yesterday when they announced that they were in, the relief just overwhelmed him. Because you could tell. Yeah, he knows he goes to TCU. You could tell. Yeah, but he all in his mind it was going to be, oh, my God, I let my guys down. You could feel it in him. But as soon as that, that, that rush of like, okay, good, it didn't cost us, right? Because right? he probably blames himself for whatever part of that game. Well, yeah, you saw him crying in this presser, which you got to give your heart out to him because he, he knows like with how good of a season they've had, they could end the season with no hardware. Right. No Big 12 championship, no national championship. So that really great season that you had that year in 2022 in Fort Worth – what do you come away with? It Maybe a Heisman. I mean, I, you would think he would leapfrog Caleb Williams with the performance that he had uh, in Arlington and the performance that Caleb Williams had in Las Vegas the night before. I think Max Duggan maybe deserves to go a little bit ahead yeah. of him, especially with what he means to the Horn Frogs. But, yeah, I – 
I, I kind of feel Sonny Dykes, just like you saying on that two-point conversion where he looked like he's about to pass out. How the hell am, do I give this guy the ball on the one-yard line to get absolutely cream? Like, does he even have enough left to put the ball over the goal line right. in that situation? Let's go with our running back who's been dominating everybody all year long. And, yeah, Kansas State was ready for it. Yeah, they got things a little too bunched up. Just a little too bunched up there at the end. Uh, so it'll be Michigan and TCU. It'll be Ohio State and Georgia. By the way, before the break, let's just have a little fun. Expanded playoff? It would be Washington at Alabama. That'd be your uh, your five twelve. <laughs> it would be Penn State at Tennessee. It would be USC at Clemson. I'd like to see that game. Klubnik and Williams. Oh yeah. Hello. And the eight nine would be Kansas State at Utah. Now, for those of you that like to play the, but it'll make the regular season meaningless, and it'll make the championship week. Hang on, let's look at it this way: Clemson, Utah, and Kansas State all had wins over the weekend, right? Clemson and Utah would have won games that got them a home playoff game. Kansas State almost did. They improved their seeding and almost got to that level. And a team like Washington, I can't remember where they were ranked at the end of last. Actually, they were right there at 12. They would have stayed right there at 12. And your arguments would have been at Washington, Florida State, Oregon State. That's where the argument would have been. 10-2 and and 9-3 and football teams. That would have been a pretty interesting playoff. With, yeah, you think? Yeah, with Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State waiting. So we'll get to that in a couple years. Now we've got, uh, thankfully, TCU in the college football playoff, and the committee did not buy Nick Saban's logic. We'll get some, to some. <laughs> we will get to some of Nick Saban's logic at twelve forty-five in the crap bag because I did not think of one argument that he made. Uh, I'm glad they said no to it, but it was an interesting argument. We'll get to that up next, though. Let's get to those Dallas Cowboys 54 54 the Cowboys roll over the Colts but they did not gain ground on the Eagles let's talk some NFL next on the horn All right, I think you found a time frame that's not mine, Zay. I do not recognize this song. Really? What do you got? Uh, he is a legend, was in a legendary group, and okay. he left and made another group. He was in a legendary group. He left and made another group. This legendary. is the other, I don't know if they're legendary, but he made another group that people enjoy because he was so legendary from his previous group. Huh. That's not Paul McCartney, is it? It is. Is it? I don't know if it's him exactly, but it's Wings. Interesting. Well, as a Beatles freak, I feel bad that I didn't recognize Paul's voice. I'm not as big a fan of the solo stuff as I am the Beatles stuff. I still should have recognized Paul. So this is Wings? Yes. Okay. Hi, hi, hi. Yes. Okay. There you go. Paul McCartney, one of the great songwriters pretty much ever. Uh, And yeah, the Wings stuff. I know my wife is really into the Wings stuff. 
I think she kind of prefers it to the Beatles era. Whoa. Which wow. is a bit sacrilege, but some people are into that, man. Yeah, it's a bit disrespectful. Those children of the 70s, man, they love Paul with wings. Uh, so there you go. Wings getting us started today on this Monday. We hope you're having a good start to your December. Let's get a couple things out there. First off, want to remind you that tomorrow it is All Flex Finalist Day. We'll be announcing the All Flex finalists throughout the day starting at 7.30 in the morning with Bucky and Aaron and the quarterback finalists. They'll go 8.30 with the running back finalists. We'll roll through the day. We will have the linebackers and D-line for you at 1 o'clock and then around 1.30 the long snappers. We're going to have all positions represented throughout the day. So keep it right here on the horn throughout the day tomorrow. Find out if your favorite player or your son or your brother or who your uncle or whoever it is, your player uh, makes the All Flex finalist list. Very excited about that. We're notifying coaches of the you know the of the guys. We're trying to see uh, you know let the how we're going to let the guys know and maybe grab some talk to them on the air. We got a big event coming up on Wednesday as well out at Waterloo Ice House, three sixty and twenty two twenty two Snoop. Zach and the Flex crew from 7 to 9 p.m. They're going to be on air interviewing a lot of the finalists, uh, and the event runs 3 to 9. So if you are a finalist, uh, you can come by and pick up your certificate at Waterloo on Wednesday. So all that's coming this week. Also, Zay, let's give ourselves a little bit of credit because uh, time's running out to do that. We went 2 and 3 <laughs> in the Supreme Picks, but somehow we are still in the overall lead. I'm not going to question the math if we're still in the overall lead. Uh, uh, Coke FM, our brothers and sisters at Coke, they o- have the overall lead at 156. Then it is the Chris Waters Realty Crew at 154. Then it is John McClellan Supreme Lending at 152. The Horn team as a whole is 146 wins, 10 behind first place. The experts. Wow. <laughs> Interesting note this week, Zay. Oh, One of our competitors, I believe it was the Coke crew, because remember, Coke. And the Chris Waters crew. They all vote the same every week, no matter uh, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked for one of them this week. Coke went four and one. Everybody goes four and one, so that looks cool. 16 and four. The Chris Waters crew, they all went one and four this week. Mm. Went the other way. So, uh, but here at the Horn, you know how we are. We all have our big sports egos. We all go independently. Zay and I barely even let each other. We barely even talk to each other about the picks. Yeah, we don't. And heck, Jay, you pointed out Jeff and Snoop split their picks up. <laughs> they don't even just—they don't even you know discuss the picks sort of with each other. One picks college, one picks pro. How did everybody else do this week? Uh, there was a two and three was the best. Two and three was the best. Yeah. So two, we we and another show went two and three, and the other two went one and four. Oh! I'm, pr- we, I'm pretty sure that's right. We gotta find out who that is. I mean, I can look it up for you. Yeah, you, we we gotta find out who that is, man. It was tough this week. I ain't gonna lie, dude. It was tough. The Bengals game. Let me that pull- was crazy. Hey, Travis Kelsey, you're the best ever at tight end. Okay, you ready to the football? Okay. The the other two and three was Bucky and Aaron. Snoop and Jeff went one and four. Makes Rod, sense. Rod and Hards went one and four. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was rough. It was rough. We got the Niners and Clemson right. And we missed all the others. We took USC. We took TCU. That was obviously really close. And then we took Kansas City. How about Cincinnati yesterday? That's another one. I I was almost there, Zay. I was almost there ready to make an argument for, come on, Burrow's beating them two in a row. It's in Cincinnati. And then I didn't do it. Yeah, they might just be young enough and just tough enough that 
they could get over a loss in the Super Bowl because we know if you lose in that Super Bowl, it's very difficult for you to get back in the playoffs the year after. Just the uh, statistics show mm-hmm. that it is it, it, you just it's hard to do. And the fact that they're getting back to that point with Lamar Jackson getting hurt in his game yesterday, even with the Ravens somehow beating the Broncos, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. But Lamar Jackson is out now for about a couple of weeks. The Bengals, they're getting healthy at the right time. Jamar Chase comes back this week. Joe Mix will probably be back next week, but they're still running the football well. They looked terrific yesterday. And, yeah, Travis Kelsey, who's on my fantasy team, big fumble that they forced on him, and a big-time sack from Joseph Osai on Patrick yeah, Mahomes in clutch time, too. Shout-out to Joseph Osai. That reminds me of one of the big sacks that he got against Spencer Sanders when the Horns went to Stillwater that year to ice the game. And Joseph Osai looking comfortable in another shade, another shade of orange. He does, man. Yeah, he's that, looking, defense looking is, that defense is underrated. And also, I just love, I love those moments where it all comes down to one play, you either give the guy the ball back with a chance to come beat you, or you close the door. That throw Joe Burrow came up with on third and eleven on to Higgins, to Higgins, incredible, was masterful. And then Higgins j- jump up and do the little first down, yeah. and then Burrow steps up and says first down, and the crowd goes crazy. It was so good. It was so good, and. I just continue. I love everything about the NFL in terms of just the, the the playmaking, all positions. I love watching defensive freaks and stuff. But yesterday just felt to me, Zay, like a receiver's day. How many badass catches did you see yesterday? Over and over and over again. I'll always brag on those two dudes from Old Miss. AJ Brown and DK Metcalf can make some of the silliest catches I've seen. I think AJ made my favorite catch of the day. Oh man, that was sweet. The one in the front of the end zone where the guy's all over him and AJ let that ball travel all the way to practically his shoulder and then he just kind of stuck the hand up and boop. That was an incredible catch. I don't even know how he could see because he already has that dark-ass visor on. And if you've seen his eye, his eye is so red. He got poked in the eye. I don't know when. Yeah, I saw in the post. His eye is toe up. I don't know how he could see to make those hard, tight window catches. But, yeah, you're right. Wide receivers were making spectacular plays yesterday. CeeDee Lamb, just to have the presence of mind to stay up on that catch and not go down because those Colts players, they thought he was down. And CD, yeah. he just went right over homeboy's lap and said, oh, I'm still up. I'm going to keep going. Touchdown. That and, was a beautiful play also. Yeah, in CD's case, you're just watching a guy become a number one. You're watching yeah. it right before your eyes. It's so fun to watch him. And what he, it looked like it, it was going to need to be a dog fight. And for three quarters it was. And then the Cowboys pull away. By the way, for you goofy stat nerds, that is the first time the NFL has ever had a 54-19 final. Ever. It's never been a score before. But the Cowboys finished that off. It was 21-19, heading to the fourth quarter. Tight, close. The Gallup touchdown really really gave that, – that, that's when I exhaled. I exhaled the first time at 28-19. I realized, whew, okay, nine points. That's two full scores. Now, and then, Beautiful pass by Dak, by the way. That was a great pass. Oh, it was a great – Right over the top. I love those goal line fade situations because there's – not much space that you have in the end zone back there. You got to throw that thing right on the money. You could easily overthrow guys. We saw Max Duggan. He threw a horrible goal line fade to Johnson that got intercepted. That was by a number twenty three. Yeah. We saw how yeah. bad things could go on that mm-hmm. end. Dak threw that thing on the money, and Michael Gallup. He had his best 
game of the season yesterday. Yeah, that twist. Speaking of great catches by a receiver, that twist in the air from Gallup to yeah. get to get both feet down that was incredible. Uh, the Cowboys end up, and if you, it's weird if you look at the the stats of the game, and if you really think about the way the game played out, it wasn't the most beautiful performance from the Cowboys uh, in the end, but, uh, I mean, they got the job done. You had the interception from Dak, but the Cowboys also forced their own turnovers, and then it just started going crazy for the Colts, and they ended up with, what, five for the game. Ah, turnovers. Hey, Jeff Saturday, bruh. I know you like old head Matt Ryan. I know you like guys that have been through the trenches and deserve to be in the league and paved the way. Put Sam Edgar in the game. Like, Sam deserves to be in the game with how he was playing. I get it. They were going into the game in the fourth quarter. It was 21-19, whatever. But after the fifth turnover, come on. Did you And did you hear that he put Sam down at third string, too? They specifically on TV last night said Foles was the backup. Isn't that interesting? That's so wild. That is wild to me. Uh, Yeah, they did not look great. The one thing I thought that could happen that could get the Cowboys last night was Taylor. That was it. Taylor had 3.9 a carry, 21 carries for 82. As a Cowboys fan, I at least – and look, they're going to play teams that can run better because the whole team is better, but at least they didn't let the Colts get after them there. So the Cowboys get to 9-3, and but on the other side of things in the division – Zay, I really wish our man B. Lang, Brandon Lang, had been right. He thought Tennessee was going to whip the Eagles. Remember, remember all that talk? Remember all that talk? He told us. He said, take the Tennessee in the points. And I thought, oh, I hope he's right. I don't think he is, but I hope he's right. <laughs> 35-10, Eagles. Hurts just continues to play well. That team continues to blossom. We talked about A.J. Brown and that incredible catch. That was 8 for 119 for him. The passer rating for Jalen Hurts. This should terrify Cowboys fans and everybody else. 130.3. Ooh. The heck are we talking about here? If Jalen Hurts is going to do 29 for 39, 383 touchdowns, no picks, and throw a 130.3 at us, I don't know if anybody stops that. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like the Titans, they were so scared of his legs that they opened up that pass game. I mean, when you have two your best top wide receivers both go over 100 yards. Devontae yep. Smith had 102. A.J. Brown had 119. Both of them had uh, uh, touchdowns yesterday. That's tough to stop. And the Cowboys, they're trying to chase those guys, but I don't think you'll be able to get to them. I mean, they're locked in, and they got that one loss of the year early to the com- – or not early, but in the middle of the season to the Commanders. That mm-hmm. kind of woke them up in the worst way if you're a Cowboys fan. like, And if you're a Cowboys fan, you're like, okay, this team – be beaten but on the opposite side it's like oh they know that they could be beaten so they know they have to bring it every single week and Jalen Hurts he's the type of leader and type of player at this point I don't see how he's not MVP of the league like on the, at, at this state, like I think it's gonna be his to lose, you know, especially in the NFC, and he's been absolutely amazing this year. And you know, he his mechanics. It's not like he has Dan Marino like mechanics. Like he has a kind of wind up, right. you know, on certain throws. I'm not gonna say it's as big as Brian Leftwich wind up, but <laughs> he has a little wind up there. Yep. But it's still accurate, and he gets it there at the right time. Plus, he has really good wide receivers. Miles Sanders has been better than what people have expected. I know they probably wanted a running back during that free agency era, but you know, if you if you add Jalen Hurts 
and Miles Sanders to the run game and put it as a whole, their run game is as good as anybody's in the league. And, yeah, I don't see the Cowboys catching them at all. Yeah, two games clear right now. So even if the Cowboys face the Eagles in a couple weeks, as long as the Eagles don't lose a game, Cowboys aren't going to be able to catch them. Even if they beat them, uh, they're going to need some help maybe along the way. We'll get into who they play coming up, both teams and all of that. But the Cowboys do roll over the weekend. Um, And uh, coming up tonight, it's a Monday night football game you're going to need to pay attention to if you're a Cowboys fan because the NFL has one rule that should change, but it hasn't changed, and we'll get to that uh, a little later on. Up next, uh, coming up at 105, we'll talk more Longhorns with Joe Cook of Inside Texas on 3.com, his thoughts on the bowl matchup. Also, it is Portal Day today, uh, and are they hearing anything about anybody officially being in the portal? Haven't seen anything from Xavier Worthy yet. In fact, there might be some good news on the Xavier Worthy front. We'll get to all of that. Up next, nice try, Nick. Plus, I'll tell you what I thought of the Cowboys stripe on the horn. I don't think anybody else sounds like her, the Pretenders. Correct. There we go. Okay. All right. So I got the Pretenders and couldn't get Paul McCartney. I'm not sure exactly what that says. What a weird start. Wings and the Pretenders. It's the Wings part. It's the Wings part, Beatles fans. I don't know if that's an excuse, but it's just not a song I was familiar with. All right. This one's not one I'm familiar with either. What's the song called? Mystery Achievement. Mystery Achievement. Yeah, see, I don't recognize that one. Uh, I do dig the Pretenders, though. Also, uh, I did finally get through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show on HBO. God, it was good. And I need to stop bitching about all the mixing of music. I really do. Yeah, man. Like, I understand that all I've said is they need to change the name of the building because they're getting so wonderfully expansive. But every little image of that night was so cool. Like... The moment of Dolly Parton and Rob Halford singing Jolene together, it was everything I thought it would be. She turned to Simon LeBon of Duran Duran at one point and said, Simon? And he sings a verse of Jolene. And she's got Pat Benatar singing it with her. And she's got, who else was up there? There were some other just, Pink sang a verse. I mean, there was all these people up on stage. Sheryl Crow was part of it. And then you get to Dr. Dre, um... Let's see, it was what Bruce Springsteen did, Jimmy Iovine. So he got his love, and Iovine is connected to Dr. Dre, obviously with with beats and everything that they've done. And Iovine's done a whole lot of stuff production-wise. But then when Dr. Dre inducts Eminem, and Eminem got up there and named about every rapper that ever lived, alphabetically. It was so impressive. Just he had listed them out with this of the of the people to him that were rock, influences. They were the influences. They were the rock right. stars, and he laid them all out to say, "Hey, I know some of those are in here, but I'd like to see some of the others get in." And it was just very cool. The this is how big a deal Eminem is, and you're at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Watching Steven Tyler walk out on that stage with him and just singing the "Sing for the Moment" part from "Dream On" of the Eminem song. That's incredible. 
You're such a big deal. Steven Tyler's just coming to sing a little part of your song and then walk off stage. It was awesome. Yeah. God, it was great. As a and I realized, like, I, I told myself, like, the reason you got to stop bitching is because you love all this stuff. You do. I love that Duran Duran's in. I love that the Eurythmics are in. I love that Eminem is getting recognized by that crowd. I love that Dolly Parton sat there and listened to Eminem talk about rappers that matter to him. And Dolly got up there in a skin-tight leather outfit and sang a rock song she wrote for the occasion. Right. Dude, it was awesome. It was so cool. So cool. You know what would have really been dope? Eminem was singing, Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Only a six, nine-inch nails to reach one of my... Dolly Parton! <laughs> like, one of my eyelids? Yeah. That well, would have been dope, but I don't think Dolly... Nah, probably not. Probably not. Him. He didn't do anything crazy like that. It was all like... That's true. Dream On and the Eight Mile Song, all the motivational Eminem tracks, yeah. right? I wanted him to do White America. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the one to bring the house down. But he didn't do that one. He didn't do that one. All right, let's get into the crap bag because nobody else is going to give him credit, certainly in the state of Texas, but I will. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I did not want Alabama into the four-team playoff, but that doesn't mean I can't respect the last-ditch Hail Mary. I'm going to wear the Bama blazer and do a video that Nick Saban tried. You know what, Coach? I'll give you the hand clap. I will give you the slow clap. There's only one problem with what you did. You brought a football argument to a pageant fight. This is a pageant at this point, and you didn't do enough football to get yourself in the pageant. Normally, your football outlasts the pageant, even if you're ugly at it. Those teams back in the day when you just run all over everybody, and it's like, well, they're undefeated, and they won every game 38-3, to so we have to put them in. But they have, Zay, two losses that just aren't great. And I know the arguments he tried to make were maybe other people have worse losses, but I thought, okay, if you're talking about you and Ohio State, let's dig in. They lost at home, that's true, and you lost, tw- but you lost twice on the road. They lost once at home, and yeah, it to was a, a team that's in. It was a couple, right? But it was two to now the number two team. Yes. So that's different. You lost to a Tennessee team that then got slaughtered by South Carolina, and the other team that messed with Nick's argument was my Aggies. Because you can't say, well, we went to Baton Rouge and lost barely. Didn't you see that? Yeah. And then people saw LSU come to College Station, and I know he was a little banged up. The court, Daniels was a little banged up. But by the end, A&M won that by two scores. And how A&M won, how old boy ran all over those right. Tigers. Or 200-something yards like that. That ain't a good look, Nick. Had Brian Jones coming on the show with us talking about, man, that was just basic football. I can play it. I can play again. <laughs> So that's where Nick's argument fell apart. The one argument I didn't think of, Zay, was, hey, he really did try to drop the mic on this one. If we played any of those teams right now, who'd be favored? That's what he tried. The that's la- the whole point. That was his last-ditch effort. I think that's the whole point for me. Like Y'all were favored in all these games, yet y'all lost, yet y'all struggled with Texas in a game y'all were pretty favored in. So yeah. what does that mean about your ball club? And see, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because there are three games to me that they won that work against them. Texas, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss. All three of them, we all watched and went, okay, good job getting out of it. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to try to argue my team was better because my team didn't make the plays. His team did. 
but does that get you into the playoff? No. You've never had one with two losses, and we still have not had one. So I like the fact that uh, I like what the committee did there. So nice try, Nick. I'll give you the love for the effort. Quit. I will give you the love for the I effort. Won't. Quit bitching, Nick. Uh, all them rings no. you got, all them hey. times that you've won and stuff like that. Quit bitching. No, no, look. Have fun in the Sugar Bowl. Until we get to an expanded playoff, sometimes you have to politic because it's a pageant. It is. Mac Brown got ripped years ago because he tried to politic for the Longhorns. Aaron Rodgers still won't forgive him for it because Mac went politics to get try to get Texas into a bigger bowl than Cal, and he and he won. Yeah, he did what he, he achieved his goal. He also was carrying a big brand name that Aaron Rodgers just didn't have. Nobody at Cal yeah, had. Sorry, Aaron. Who, oh, who was there at the time? That wasn't Sonny Dykes. It was Jeff Tedford, I think, was at Cal at the time. So I get that sometimes you have to stump. It was just funny to me to watch Nick Saban have to do it. That was kind of entertaining. Um, the other thing that was entertaining, of course, as a Cowboys fan, was watching them whip the Colts the way they did. Zay, before I give my thoughts... What did you think of the Cowboys' red, white, and blue stripe over the top? I think they were doing it for the whole uh, Medal of Honor thing that they're do the, the, their Medal of Honor recognition. What did you think of the red, white, and blue stripe? It was cool. It was cute. I mean, I don't think the team as a whole wore enough red. Like you got to really go out like red gloves, some red kicks. Dak Prescott was the only one that had a little bit of red in his shoe that I saw. Somebody let me know if you saw otherwise. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do that, which you don't do things like that very often, then trick it out a little bit. But it was cool. Yeah, I uh, I could not agree with you more. To me, some people might have seen that and thought maybe they went too far. They didn't go far enough. You're exactly right. It's just on the helmet. Why wouldn't you? You have blue and white stripes on your shoulders. Put a red there. Oh, yeah. Put a red stripe, maybe maybe not all the way down the pants. You'd have to see how that would look, but I'm with you. They didn't embrace the – if you're going to embrace it, if it's about Medal of Honor and all that, I'm there. Look, I've now become the old Cowboys fan that will talk about blue helmets, black helmets. I'll talk about all of it if you want. Look at you growing. I will grow up. as I've got, I, I, This is one of the weird ways I'm when I'm on my old manness. I've gotten less anal about uniforms. I'll let you try stuff. Now, again, you can't do it. Against certain teams, it's got to be this week playing the Texans. Cowboys could wear bright pink if they wanted to. Damn, and I would at least say, well, let's see how it looks. You know, let's let's let's, let's see. Yeah, chrome, you know, chrome silver, whatever. Let's see how it looks. But yeah, I thought it looked good, and it harkens back. They did wear that red, white, and blue stripe for a little while in the Staubach era. But I agree with you. I think they needed to embrace it a little more. Speaking of embrace it a little more, and the color red, um, Atlanta Falcons. I understand. I understand you lost the game. I do. I, I get it. And by the way, I like your current gear. That matte black with the silver face mask and the updated Falcon logo, it looks pretty sharp. But did y'all look in the mirror yesterday? Did you look in the mirror at the, what do we, what do we call them? The Tommy Nobuses, the Steve Bartkowskis, the Gerald Riggs? D- did you take a good long look at what you looked like in those red hats? Because you looked badass. Every time that game was on, it just popped at me, and I thought, okay, I'm not saying you go full-on Jets from a few years ago and make that your uniform, but I am saying you might want to wear that like five times a year. Oh, for sure. They need to go back to that anyway and bring the red on red back because I like those days too. Dude, that looks so good. Now, they got to be careful. They can't do the modern thing where you go red head to toe. That's a little too much. 
You gotta set it off with the black. Didn't they have gray pants back then when they went yes. red? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Red top, red helmet, gray pants. And gray Go pants. back to that fire. Oh my God, they look good yesterday. And yeah. As a as a as not only a fan of the Cowboys but as a fan of the Bucks, I was glad the Steelers helped Bucks out by beating the Falcons. But God, they look good in that red. Just a thought. And remember, Army Navy comes up this Saturday. Those uniforms are incredible. Broke those down last week. That is going to be a lot of fun to watch as well on Saturday afternoon. All right, coming up in your one o'clock hour, our flex segment. We'll lay out the all flex finalist schedule for tomorrow. We'll be announcing some of those positions. We'll tell you which ones coming up. Up next, it's Joe Cook from Inside Texas and On3.com. Longhorns set to face Washington in a bowl game and today is portal day hudson card and others have said they're going to enter the portal today's the day they can officially do it we'll talk about it on the horn